welcome to the 21st episode of Basha's Thoughts. Today I want to talk to you about something that some people see as final, but perhaps it's not. It's death. And I want to talk to you about different experiences that I've heard about. These are things that are based on stories that my family members have told me, and they are based on my experiences with hypnotherapy, and they are based on, now, lately, Peter Fenwick's work, who is a person who has been looking into death experiences. You might have heard that in the 1970s, I believe, Raymond Moody started looking into near-death experiences, and he wrote a couple of books. And sometime in the late 80s, I believe, I started reading these books and they were quite fascinating because they were telling us about what happens when people die for a period of time and then come back. So these were usually cardiac arrests that happened at hospitals. And apparently around 10% of the cardiac arrest cases come back with a near-death experience. And interestingly enough, these all seem to have similar types of themes. You might already know about these, so I won't go too much into them. Usually there's some kind of a maybe tunnel of light uh, or tunnel and then there's a light in the end and you move into that light and there you might have some dead relatives that visit you and it's a beautiful place and you feel a loving, calming sensation and you make a choice or you're forced back into your regular body. You might not want to go back because it's a pleasant place to be. That's what most people seem to experience. And if you look at other cultures, there are similar stories, but cultures that are very different Actually, for instance, there are some cultures that don't tend to experience the tunnel. Instead of a tunnel, they might have a river that they're crossing or an island that they're going to. So this first part might be dependent on your culture. Also, who you meet on the other side will often depend on your culture as well. So you might see angels if you believe in them, or you will see your dead relatives. A lot of people do, and this is cross-cultural. So that's interesting. But what I found really interesting are the latest studies by Fenwick on death. And these are people who are actually dying, who are not coming back. Can you study them? Well, it turns out that you can. Studies have been done, for instance, with hospice workers. And I've also looked at other books written by people who have been working with dying people for decades, and also some hospice workers who describe their experiences. And interestingly enough, there seem to be a few phases that most people go through. And we can all end up having a good death or a slightly more troublesome one. 
and we can actually impact that. So there are things we can do to make our death a more pleasant sensation. Apparently, according to Dalai Lama, at least two years before your death, most people will be getting premonitions that they will die. But if you're not very open to them, if you're not present, if you are very much in your head and in the practicalities of the world around you, you might not pay so much attention to them and notice them as much. So these premonitions come about as dreams at night where you somehow get that message or they may come as a sensation. You just know, you just feel it. It may be a knowing or a feeling and for some reason you just know it's time. You don't know exactly when or where or how, but yep, your time is coming to an end for some reason. Most people tend to get these premonitions and hospice workers tell us that very often indeed, even a few months before their death, people start getting different dreams. These dreams feel different. They seem more important. They may be more vivid and they come with messages to them. So this is something to look out for and it is something that can actually be quite helpful. After the premonitions, when there's only a few weeks left, most people tend to get visitors. And these visitors can be relatives, dead relatives that come to visit, or they could be spiritual beings like angels and such. Or they could be other people or other beings, sometimes even animals that you may have known come and visit you. So these usually happen a few weeks before you die. And these can happen in a moment of lucidity. So when you're fully awake, all of a sudden you see your dead relative walk into the room and you have a conversation with them. And there might be other people in the room and they look just as real to you as anyone else. Or it might come in a dream and these deathbed visions, as they call them, often bring a sense of relief because a lot of these apparently are relatives who come and are very supportive, helpful, calming, and they tell the person, I'm here to help you. And sometimes they even let you know exactly when. So next Wednesday, I'll come back for you. And together, we'll go on that journey. And from the experiences that have been written down, and there are thousands of them, these seem to be very positive moments. Some people are alone and they don't actually have any relatives or anyone visiting them. So when they are visited by these other relatives, they become very hopeful and joyous and it is quite helpful to them. 
and they are able to relax more into the experience. After the premonitions, we had the visitors. And after the visitors, there will often be moments of actually visiting the other reality, of going into another reality, of seeing what the near-death people describe, of seeing perhaps a calming, loving light, maybe seeing some dead relatives, describing often beautiful places. And Dolores Cannon, who did a lot of hypnosis work, and she was able to find some people who were very good at going very deep into hypnosis, and so she would do journeys into other lifetimes and also in between lifetimes. She describes this place, and she says that very often when people start talking about it, it's pretty obvious because it's always a beautiful place, and very often it is a garden for some reason. Maybe this is also a cultural thing that in... Um, American culture and uh, also in the UK apparently people tend to go to gardens where there are many flowers and it's beautiful and they are out in nature in some sense. So that type of sensation is described very often by people who are in deep state hypnosis and are describing this state between lives. But this is only one of the states between lives. Apparently there are many other that you can experience as well. But from the studies of Peter Fenwick, we see that people tend to slip into this other type of reality before they pass away. And then they come back to this reality. And then at some point they might go over again and come back. So this may happen a couple of times before they actually move on you can often hear from the relatives who are with them in these last moments and the relatives might say oh just before he passed away he was talking to his mother or grandmother or he was saying it's such a beautiful place and uh, that is this other type of reality that they tend to slip into now, beyond that reality, there seems to be a type of non-dual reality where you get rid of your ego, basically. And so, to have a beautiful death, the idea is that you need to be able to let go, let go of everything. Don't hold on to anything. Don't hold on to your persona. Don't hold on to any grudges. So if you're angry with someone, that is something that might actually, in the end, be holding you back. Or if you're seeking revenge, or if you have, perhaps you have accumulated a lot of wealth, and, you, and um, you're not comfortable with leaving it for some reason. So all of these things are things that may be holding you back. And this has been described as a state of spiritual anxiety at the moment of death. 
So guilt is also something that may be holding you back. If you feel guilty for something you've done or something you haven't done that you should have done, whatever it is, all of these little things or big things will tend to make your transition a bit more difficult. So if you have the possibility of resolving any issues that you have with your family members or anyone else, that is a good thing so that your death experience will be beautiful. The Dalai Lama often talks about having no regrets at the end of your life. So the Dalai Lama says that about two years before your death, things change about you. Even your breathing pattern actually changes. And how you live your life actually changes. But a few people are able to perceive that. And if you're able to let go and not have any regrets, well then you will be able to detach and lovingly, willingly move into, merge into that loving energy. Other things that might actually happen, and apparently do, are things with relatives. So some people who may be very closely connected to the person who is going through the death experience might actually receive a visit from that person if, if they're not present there at the moment. So often in a dream, the person will appear and they will tell them that everything is actually okay, everything is good. And then maybe the next day they wake up and they realize, well, at that moment when I was dreaming this, they actually passed away. And this happens even with people that are completely healthy and you would not expect to die in any way. And yet they do get these messages. And sometimes people just get a feeling when they're, if they're awake, they might just get the feeling something is wrong, I need to contact that person for some reason. Or if they are more open to these kinds of experiences, they might get them even when they are fully awake. My grandmother did that. She would often tell me about how a friend of her visited her and she would tell me the story as she was sitting alone in a house and it was the evening and she wasn't really expecting anyone, especially after dark. This was, I'm guessing, probably the 1940s. So this was way before any books or any studies had come out about these things. So she didn't know about this. And at that time, I don't think she actually was able to read. So she was living in this little tiny village and she was in the house alone at that moment. And all of a sudden, her friend walks in and he starts talking to her. She's really surprised, but very happy. And she asks him, but how did you get in? Oh no, I just walked in. And they had a conversation. And then the friend left. But she went to the door and the door was locked. How is the door locked from the inside and the friend is gone? She thought it was very, very strange. And then the next day she got news 
that her friend had just passed away. And it was a very dear friend. And so maybe that is why he chose to visit her at that time. Apparently, these kinds of stories are common. They happen, and they are often told by relatives. Sometimes, some of these visions, other people can tune into as well. Other times, it's only one person who gets that information or that visit. Also, before dying, often there is this surge of energy where the person all of a sudden is able to do things that they might not have been able to do before. Perhaps they had Alzheimer's and hadn't recognized any relatives for years, and all of a sudden they sit up, they look around, and they recognize everyone, and they have this lucid conversation, and then they die. Or perhaps they're paralyzed, and yet they're able to sit up. Or perhaps they are unconscious and have been in a coma, and all of a sudden they come out of a coma, they seem perfectly fine, and then they die. These are things that the relatives mostly can experience sometimes. All right, so how do you prepare for death? I think that trying to find ways of understanding it based on the stories of others, based on perhaps the stories of relatives, the stories of people who have been working with deep state hypnosis, we can maybe understand that actually the end part of the death experiences where we start to merge with this beautiful energy seems to be quite positive. And it's something that we welcome. But if we have a lot of attachments, well, then the process can be a little bit anxious. So learning to let go, learning to not hold on to one's persona and stop identifying with that, we become more free. And this is something that we, of course, can start doing even before the death process, not just to prepare for a beautiful death, but to actually live a beautiful life. See what we learn from these death experiences. This idea of learning to not identify so strictly with the things out there, your possessions, your particular relationships, your ideas, your judgments. See them as things that you experience, but they are not you. You are the one experiencing them. And so they will come, and they will pass. And if you can identify with who you truly are, the one who experiences, then your life will be more beautiful and you will be more free and your death will probably also be quite beautiful. So these are just some thoughts I had for today. 
Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you in another podcast. Take care.